when we look in this passage, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, we find many things. And, and while we are here today to celebrate the different stages, the different stages of life that each of these graduates have come through, as a church and as family, I hope we are looking forward to the stages that they are about to embark on. I'd like for us to remember that the same God, where are you kids? I don't see them. <laughs> They've gotten away from me. Well, I, my, my prayer is that, the same, that you realize that the same God who got you to this point, to this stage that you've completed in your life, is the same God that will get you through the next stage of your life. So as we look in this one verse, I, I hope we find some encouragement in this verse. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you've given us. We thank you for what you've not given us. So much in this world that we could be afraid of, God, but you've not given us a spirit of fear. But instead, for those of us who know you through your son, Jesus Christ, you've given us your Holy Spirit. Now, God, use, use us this day. Be with us. Grant us grace and mercy. And help to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive your word. And we'll praise you for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Now, as we do look in this passage, what I hope we really understand is that Paul was facing death. He had got to the stage in his life where he's facing death. He's about to be executed. And we know this because in 2 Timothy 4, 4 through 6, the Bible tells us, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. And finally... There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So here Paul is facing death. And while facing death, he senses a need here to, to help us to, to understand that we need to trust God, what God has given us. Now, in, in, in verse 6, what Paul tells us here is he reminds us that we are to stir up the gift that God has given us. In this passage, it appears Paul is referring to the spiritual gifts. It appears for Timothy, what Paul is speaking of here is that it, it would be the gift of the gospel of, of uh, 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 the gift of the gospel ministry, we can come to the conclusion simply from the last phrase in verse 6 that he's speaking here of the gift of the gospel ministry for Timothy. When we look where he says, through the laying on of my hands, this represents the ordination that Timothy received while Paul had laid hands on him 
and, and stating that the gift of preaching the gospel is in this man and, and the gift to, to go and, and continue in the gospel ministry is upon him. So again, it, it appears here Paul is speaking to Timothy, reminding him to continue in his call to preach the gospel. Now, I understand our graduates today may not fully understand their spiritual gifts at this time in their lives. But what God has given us all who have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior is the Holy Spirit of God to dwell in us. And because we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us, we have no need to fear from one stage of our lives to the next stage of our lives. Now, I, I'm not as old as my hair makes me look. I can remember leaving the elementary school and going to the middle school. I remember the fear that I had of, of trying to make new friends. I remember going into my first day in middle school, I wanted to gather around the kids I had been in school with before. But I also come to find out throughout that year there were some things I was going to have to do without them. If I wanted to continue on the path that God had, I felt God had set me on. I also remember going from middle school or junior high to high school and the fear. It was so fearful for me that my first week in high school, I got called into the guidance counselor's office. Word had got to them that I was afraid of coming to high school. Now, I've never told my parents that. My sister doesn't even know that. But I had to sit in that guidance office with her and explain to her that anxiety that I was feeling coming to this new place with new people, with new obstacles. So listen, I understand fear. I understand anxiety comes upon us when we're facing things that are new. It hasn't been very long since we've been in this sanctuary. And there was a lot of anxiety throughout the church in the midst of the new. <laughs> Say Amen. <laughs> You were here, you remember it, you remember it very well. We were all anxious because there was going to be something new and something different. We, we often have a hard time trusting that everything will be fine when we're facing something new. Do we remember the narrative, the biblical narrative of where David and Goliath do we remember that David was the youngest of his father's sons? He took food to his brothers as they had followed the king into battle against the Philistines. Uh, when David met with his brothers, the Philistine champion, the, the giant named Goliath, he was defying the armies of Israel. He was defying the armies of the living God. And he was calling out for someone to represent Israel by fighting against him. And David asked, what was the reward for anyone who would go against this giant? At the time when David asked that, his brothers looked at him. Being older and being bigger and shaking in their boots, they were angry with him and they wanted him to go home because they knew what he was up to. But instead, David reported to Saul. And when he reported to Saul, he said this, this little ruddy boy, this little boy who his father thought so much of that when they come to anoint the king and they anointed every one of his father's sons, he didn't even think about his son who was out, in the out tending to the sheep. But this little boy, this young man, this teenager said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Speaking about the giant, 
He said, your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. We see that in 1 Samuel 7 and 32. We see that, that David here, he was courageous. Saul, had, Saul looked at David and told him that he couldn't fight against the giant, that, that he wasn't a man of war. But what David told Saul was this. He told him of his previous experiences. He told him of his experience with a bear and his experience with a lion coming to take his father's sheep. And David said, your servant has killed both a lion and bear. And, his, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defiled the armies of the living God. Here I want us to realize here David trusted what God had already done for him and that God, the same God that he knew would do the same thing for him throughout the rest of his life. You who are here today, I want to remind you that God has gotten you to this point in your life. None of us would be here if it had not been for the gracious and merciful God. The songwriter even tells us for I, we can't even walk without him holding our hand. And this same God who has brought us to this time in our lives, when we, when we face new stages in our lives, he will be right there with us. He will be with us when we walk into new places, when we walk and talk with new people, when we are working toward new goals and even in the midst of new obstacles God has not given us a spirit of fear he's given us something that we can go forward trusting him instead of the spirit of fear what God has given us is his Holy Spirit now for those of us who have believed Jesus Christ as our as the Savior of the world and has trusted him as our personal savior. We've received the Holy Spirit of God. God's Holy Spirit is not one who comes and goes. Instead, he indwells us and he abides with us everywhere and always. However, it's when we submit ourselves to the Lord and we make him Lord of our lives that the evidence of God's Holy Spirit abiding in us is seen from others. Now, you may say, well, I've never had anybody approach me and say, I can tell you're a Christian. Well, my question then is, have you been saved? And if your answer is yes, are you allowing Jesus to be Lord of your life? When he is Lord of our lives, some things happen with us. Some things take place and it's not nothing about us. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God. Because when we're trusting Jesus as the Lord of our lives, then he shines forth in our lives. And when that takes place, we can understand that when God has given us his Holy Spirit, he's given us a spirit of power. When we begin to live for Christ, his power is displayed in our lives. We will have the power to face difficulties and, and trials. We will have the power to stand as a witness for Jesus Christ in the most trying times of our lives. For Acts 1 and 8 tells us, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But not only... When we receive Jesus, do we receive power? But we also receive, um, when we start to live for him, we, his love is displayed in our lives. It's the kind of love that, that loves people 
even if they're sinners and our enemies. It's a love that's within our mind and our will and not our emotions. It's the kind of love that says, I will love this person no matter what he or she does to me. It's the kind of love that says, I will care for, nourish, and nurture him or her. I will share Christ with him or her. I will treat him or her just as I would want them to treat me if they knew Jesus Christ themselves. Colossians 3 and 14 tells us, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So here, when, when the Holy Spirit is is really working in our lives. When we are submitting to God and, and we're able to see him, we'll see his power, we'll see his love, but we'll also, we'll also be of sound mind. That will be displayed in our lives. Having a sound mind means having self-control. It's having the ability to control our emotions, our feelings and thoughts, even in the midst of trials and circumstances, no matter how severe and no matter how stressful. But we see all of this in David's life. We see all of this at the time in which David is going against this giant. What we see is that, is that David is relying on the power of God. The same power God gave him to kill the lion and the bear. is the power he's trusting as he volunteers to go against this, uh, this, uh, this Goliath. How do we know that? Because David says in, in 1 Samuel 17 and 37, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. But David wasn't only trusting in God's power, but he was acting in God's love. What David saw was fear on the face of the soldiers. He even saw fear on the face of the king. And, and because of this, to save Israel from this Philistine giant, David was willing and he was ready to face whatever come before him. It wasn't his love for himself, but it was his love for God's people and for God's name. But greater than for Israel, we see that David loved the Lord. His anger toward the giant wasn't because he was a Philistine. His anger be, uh, toward the giant wasn't because he was a, a non-believer of the one true God. Instead, his anger was because this giant was defying the armies of the one true God. David was a sound mind because his battle was never about him. It was always about him loving God so much that he was willing to trust God even if it meant losing his own life. Amen. What an example to let us know that we can walk into the next stage of our lives filled with power, filled with love, and filled with a sound mind. If we will commit to serving our, the Lord Jesus Christ, if we, will, if we will put him first no matter what, no matter where, he will shine through us. Just in case you haven't heard me, I want to tell us all this. Even the graduates and, and all from, from the youngest to the oldest here. If God is with us, we are the majority. If it's God in me, I'm a majority. If it's God in you, you're with the majority because God all by himself is the majority. Whatever he wants to do, he can do. Amen. We don't have to follow the crowd. We follow Jesus. 
The next stage of our lives is not for us to become popular. It's not for us to be praised. It's not for us to be rewarded. But the next stage of our life, no matter where we are in life, is that we do all for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you find before you, you won't have to be afraid because you can know that there's a power that lies within you. There's a love that lies within you. And the sound mind that God wants you to have lies within you. And he will put it on display if we'll trust him. Now I'm coming to a close. And I want to be honest with you for a minute. I struggle with that last part. I struggle with the sound mind. Now I'm not foolish. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to have me committed. I'm sound of mind, but you know, I'm not always the coolest cucumber in the midst of stress. If you don't believe me, ask Brother Mike. He's felt the brunt of my frustration more than anyone else. Listen, the Lord's still working on me <laughs> to make me what I ought to be. <laughs> I'm not there yet, and I'd never lie to you and tell you I am. But I believe he can tell you that I love the Lord enough that I know how to apologize when I've been wrong. And I'm not afraid to say I'm sorry. I'm not afraid to say I apologize because I know I'm not perfect. But there's one who lives within me that is perfect. And it's not me wanting to apologize, but it's the one who lives within me that's instructing me of when I've wronged him and when I've wronged his people. I'm trying. I think I'm better than I was when I first came. <laughs> but I'm not where I need to be. They're controlling my emotions. I'm just glad I got one who lives in me to help me to know when I'm losing my emotions. Folks, he is perfect, and he lives within us. And it's when we allow his spirit to take control of our lives, then he will put on display the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. And when he does, we won't fear anything. If we leave here today, I want us to understand that whatever lies before us, we don't have to fear. God will take us through. You don't believe me? Talk to Miss Marilyn Wood. Talk to Miss Marilyn Hunt. Talk to Brother Crafton and others in here who've been through a battle with cancer. God brought them to it, and God's brought them through it. Those who've had their chest cut open so that they could go in and, and fix arteries. 
that should have killed them. Go talk to them. God brought you through it, to, to it. He also has brought so many through it. When you've prayed all night and you haven't been able to rest because that wayward child has gone so far you don't know what to do. And they call and say, it's all right. That Jesus is with me and I'm serving him. If he brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. If you are right there today, keep praying and keep trusting because he's going to bring you through. So Michaela, Michaela, Leah, and Hensley, as you prepare this summer for entering into high school, I want to encourage you to trust the Lord and allow him to be on display in your lives. Eliana, as you prepare for first grade this summer, trust the Lord and he will protect and guide you. And Kennedy, as you begin to pray, prepare for kindergarten, know that the Lord will be there with you and he will protect you. And church, whatever it is that we're about to step in front of, we can know we have the power, the love, and the sound mind within us. If we know Jesus Christ as our Savior. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins and that he died for our sins and he arose on the third day and then if you would confess him as your Lord and Savior you can be saved you must believe this with all your heart and you must be willing to serve him if you are all you have to do is talk with Jesus you don't need a preacher you don't need a church to get saved but if you get saved Find yourself a Bible-believing church, and I believe God will richly bless you.